Hello, hello, Todd Bryden here. Hope everything's going well. Covering an interesting story, as I, I mean, I try to do every single video, but this one today specifically about Getty Images. And uh, what came up is that Getty, uh, and it seems like Shutterstock, following in their footsteps, is uh, basically banning uh, AI-generated images over copyright concerns. And uh, these are engines um, that I've talked about in many videos. I'll link a couple of them possibly, uh, like Dali, Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, where people are you know, typing in text prompts and then uh, you know generating these sometimes unbelievably, unbelievably beautiful images out of it. So I've got all of those uh, linked here, the old Dali, you can see some of the images. So blah, 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 do-do-do-do-do and mid-journey, and then I've got one more where stable diffusion. And you know what's super interesting about this is that these engines were um, trained on um, sort of the internet's data, and that's how they gather their understanding of language data, of images, and you know, moving towards video, moving towards sound. And, uh, and then when you type in that text prompt, you were then generating something that, you know, in idea is something unique based off that prompt. But you know, in actuality, these engines have been trained off the internet's data. And a lot of these pieces are, uh, you know, media data created by original artists, real people who the first version of these were the original. And now, uh, you know, now with these engines, even if we're looking at something like a simple, you know, example, like, uh, you know, uh, sort of copying, say, uh, an artwork style of someone, their understanding is scraped, but you know their understanding of these engines is you know collected by scraping those data, analyzing those images, and then uh, you know generating the unique uh, sort of unique in quotations, and this is where this is coming from version of that image um, through uh, these engines. And this is uh, I think you know super interesting, especially you know it makes sense that the confidence in using Getty Images or you know uh, um, you know Shutterstock these sort of image uh, sites where you are, uh, you know, buying a photo that's relevant, maybe it's for marketing, maybe it's for, uh, mostly for marketing, but for creative projects, whatever it is, is that you are, you know, confident that you're not going to, um, well, my hands are floating here. They're sitting on my desk on my new mic. I'm sorry, I feel like this is weird. They're, <laughs> they're you know, you're, you wanna be confident that they're not gonna create any legal issues for you. So if you're buying images, First of all, you're a good person. You're buying these images and not just ripping them off the web. Uh, so that's you know plus one to you. Ideally, when you pay for that, you actually do the the proper path of getting images, of getting this stuff. You are not uh, getting then in legal problems. And there's been many times, even on past sites that I've seen, been part of, you know, websites that I've hooked into where I've been a uh, you know a contact point on those websites, and I've actually gotten an email from systems where I said, hey, this image is uh, you know originally from X. Um, here's the original owner. Here's, you know, you must, you know, we insist that you take this image down, but more than taking this down, it's actually going to be, you know, hundreds of bucks or thousands of bucks um, for you have, you know, sort of infringing on this uh, originally. And it seems like those systems were relatively, you know, personalized and automated. Super, super interesting. I never, you know, I don't think they were ever persecuted against, but I think that's, uh, you know, something that a lot of people have the experience of is like the world needs images, they need illustrations, they need art. Uh, and uh, if you are going to use them, especially in a commercial um, sort of pretense, you ideally know that those are legal uh, to use and that you have the right to use them. And so and again, you know, Shutterstock, Getty Images, it makes a lot of sense that they are uh, the ones who are making this um, sort of, uh, uh, you know, making this sort of part of their policy. And What's super interesting is that they are right now relying on users to report images. Uh, 
And then they're slowly, what I believe is that they're working with, so it seems like they're working with, it's called the Coalition for Content, Providence, and Authenticity. Basically, that goal is to create a filter that automatically flags suspect images. And, you know, what's fascinating is that uh, if you've seen some of these images, um, and I'll hop back, generally uh, the core resolution of them is not necessarily high enough to upload. Like these, these images are, you know, often, uh, you know, I don't know if I can see it here, but they're in a high, high volume. Uh, yeah, so 5,500, uh, yes, I mean, that's a, that's a big image, 300 DPI, 5,500 pixels by 4,000 pixels, basically. So that's a massive image, whereas we look at DALI, you know, I think we're looking at like, uh, I don't even know the final final one, I could find it, but like 900 by 900 kind of thing. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's 1,000 by 1,000, 1,200 by 1,200. So they're not even sort of eligible for upload. But what artists have been doing is using other tools. I should have these tools right here for you if you are interested in them. But basically then they're upscaling these images to then fit the resolution uh, guidelines or sort of, you know, minimum viable checkpoints for these platforms to then upload them properly. So there's already sort of an intermediate step that's part of this. Additionally, these images in general are just relatively, you know, sometimes have, uh, you know, something sort of weird or unique about them. And these aren't necessarily the image ones that I'm showing you here. Uh, but if you if you go to Dali and you see, you know, you can see some of those there, uh, the one that was just popped up. Those are actual, you know, accurate images. So people are maybe using the text prompt, photorealistic, hyperrealistic, maybe even using the exact sort of camera uh, type in the images to then um, get the you know an output that looks completely realistic like someone actually took that photo and then these can be upscaled you know the oddities of it can be removed out and then they can be uploaded into the system so overall uh, you know it's a super interesting sort of conflict a thing that you know that um, you know people are thinking about and there's a quote from Jason Duan and he's an art director sort of creative it sort of talks about is like the, the problem is the current copyright law it's outdated and it's not keeping up uh, with the technology and that's obviously true like a few years ago this technology did not exist large language transformers were originally some of the technology that has enabled this and on large language models most of this was just completely not possible and the revolution that has come in generative ai is absolutely mind-blowing at coming at you know ridiculous speed and i think we'll only uh you know continue to grow with obviously the technological you know technological innovation but more funding there's more funding coming into these spaces there's open source people now contributing it to it. and then just overall sort of adoption use prompt engineering which i've created a video about it like how do you design better prompts to make better outputs all of this is sort of culminating and compounding into you know one of the largest changes i think we've ever seen uh specifically through the lens of technology and then that has huge consequences for you know who we are as people how we interact with technology and what we think is human what we think is original creativity versus what a machine can do what a computer can do and uh, again, Shutterstock seems like they're following in uh, the same sort of vein, uh, relatively the same, you know, sort of idea as Getty Images. I would guess that they're basically direct competitors. I don't know why you choose one over the other, but um, obviously same sort of challenge there. And it's interesting, you know, I see here that they have videos and they also have, um, they have audio uh, as well too. So sound effects. Um, there is already in the works video and audio generation. Uh, so, you know, why would you pay for a sound effect if you can generate it through a text prompt, but then where did that original sound effect or the qualities of that sound effect come into place? Is that completely novel and new? Maybe the answer is yes, but if insights from, you know, sets of audio that have been created explicitly by, you know, original people were what created the original version, 
where does that fit in this sort of policy of copyright IP infringement in all these things? So I think that's uh, what I got here. Um, I appreciate you checking this out. This has been Tyler Bride talking about sort of Getty images, banning AI generated images over copyright concerns. That's going to come up with audio video. It's going to be a lot more stuff that comes in the way, but this sort of a certain, you know, first signal or one of, you know, an early set of signals that um, we have a lot to sort of understand and deal with as generative AI continues to grow at this exponential speed and pace and continues to reach a wider audience who are using these technologies. So I hope you enjoyed this video, found something insightful about it. If you did, like, comment, subscribe, all those good things. I'll include some links in the library and I look forward to uh, making another video for you soon. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.